You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano, host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, and online at fanstreamsports.com and the Fanstream Sports app. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays have a much-deserved off day today after taking two of three from the Toronto Blue Jays, or should I call them Buffalo Blue Jays, at Salem Field. The Rays are now 14-9. The Blue Jays fall to 8-11 over a very interesting weekend. Ulysses, let's get right into it. Our recurring Monday segment, what we learned from the weekend, where we give our takes, observations, thoughts, and so on. I'll let you go ahead and begin. Well, the long ball had been eluding the race, as you mentioned last week, but it was mm-hmm. exactly two key home runs that gave the Tampa Bay uh, Rays the series win, man. I, it, it was first that Brandon Lau home run in the ninth, uh, a solo home run, uh, who, by the way, has to make me the winner of our weekend pick because he kept rocking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this weekend eight game hit streak i think right now oh it, yeah it, and and not only that he went six for 12 with three runs scored four rbi and a walk this weekend i mean he was on fire yeah i'm going to give you that one by the way also a little harken back to our prop bet Lau's strikeout rate is down 10 percent this year from last year it was 34.6 percent last year this year it's 24.7 percent I mean, we, we said that that was his big hole, you know, pun mm-hmm. basically intended, was was the, the strikeout rate. If he could just manage that into a, a high percentage, of course, he's a power hitter, but manageable, I mean, you, you got yourself a superstar. But going back to the takeaway was the other home, home run, which uh, Willie Adamas, yeah. and with that two-run clutch home run in what? Extra innings, but really was the eighth inning. The uh, eighth inning, but extra innings. I love that rule, I got to say. <laughs> Made for some intense, intense baseball. Yeah, Adamas coming in clutch there. Right center yeah. field, too, on a fastball down in the zone. Pretty impressive <laughs> stuff. This road trip has been uh, really good for, for Willie in the long ball because those two home runs, this one and the one in Boston, were very much um, kind of the same kind of rocket, you know, right center mm-hmm. field, and it shows his pop. And, I mean, Willie has been getting a little bit bigger. I mean, like he looks like he's filling out that yeah. bone structure, which is nice because, man, he's hitting the, the ball real good the, this 2020. It, it, you can just – you know, extrapolate the numbers and, and think, mm-hmm. well, what he can do for 162 games. And it's really, really exciting to have a, uh, a player of that caliber with, with the race. And he really, he carries that added weight now. I don't know what he's listed at. I'd imagine he's probably 6'1", 200, something like that. But a lot of times, like he's still, 
in a very athletic build to play shortstop, yeah. clearly and, and evidently. And it, it's just really about being able to carry his frame, you know, not to get into like looking at body types or whatever, but his frame, <laughs> he's able to carry that mass well and still be athletic. Some guys you put on another five, 10 pounds, they slow Lose down it. significantly, yeah. but not, yeah. not Willie Adamas. Like his forearms looks, he just looks more muscular yeah. and he, yeah, I agree. He, he is absolutely starting to fill out for sure. Speaking of long ball, speaking of long balls, I mean, give credit to the to the Toronto Blue Jays for long balls too. I guess I mean, yeah. got a lot of home runs in that series for sure. A lot of home runs, and apparently they've been doing that uh, just that this mm-hmm. uh, this uh, this year with, with that ball uh, with a ballpark. So it, it's it, we're gonna see that a lot. Um, yeah. My also, also before my second takeaway was uh, Yoshi also in deep, mm-hmm. uh, just showing off that that power opposite field. So yeah, yeah he a also had a, also had a deep um, base hit or, or I guess line drive yeah. over Alfred's head at the warning track that you know. Hey, he likes pushing it the other way and has power he that really way. He really does. doing it. Yeah, that's yeah, impressive. It's, it's, it's nice g- to see. It's great to finally start to see him heat up a little bit because I think it's right. kind of been a rough go of it. But if he's if he starts heating up like the rest of these guys, watch out for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, my second one is the Kevin Crash moment of the game. Oh, the here it goes. Here, hey, the Rays take two of three. The Rays take two of three, and Ulysses still has a Kevin crash moment okay let me hear this one you know it the kevin crash moment of the game comes in the fifth inning in the rubber game with the bases loaded and not only does Jimon Choi chooses to bat lefty against k who's a lefty okay mm-hmm. but he had already homered as a righty of k this year and your namesake decides not to pull him for either mike Purcell. Or Cafecito Martinez. He just let lets Choi go lefty against lefty. Um, the didn't Jays he had pinch hit up. for? Didn't he pinch hit Choi for somebody? In not that in lineup? not in this situation. Not in this situation. Okay. It was, it was uh, the last game, bases loaded, and he di- doesn't go for Martinez or or, or, or Brousseau or Frenchie. And uh, I know I understand the Jays had people warming up, but. The way that Choi has swung the bat this last week, if not the whole season, okay, I, I know he's a fan favorite, and hey, look, we all love Choi, but my man, he has been struggling, okay? He he has been having a rough raw, uh, go at it, and sometimes you just got to let a guy, you know, sit in the bench and kind of just clear his mind because you're just amping up that pressure that he needs to produce when he really can't. Okay, um, I would put this more on G-Man Choi for not batting right-handed than Kevin Cash leaving him out there. Again, at the moment, it looked kind of weird. I would have rather, yeah, pinch it and add in a uh, Mike Bersow or Jose Martinez. But we have to remember, G-Man Choi's first home run as a righty was against Anthony Kay. So I think the expectation was that, Choi, you're batting here. You should be batting right-handed in this situation and Choi kind of a little free spirit wanting to do what he wants to do decided to bat left-handed I put this more on on Choi now maybe first pitch in Choi stands up in the box the lefty batter's box okay we're going to sub him out I I don't believe in this theory because if we watch baseball so much as we do we know who how he's going to stand up in the box just by looking at his batting helmet. So if Cash has any type of 
of sense of what's going on. He looks at the helmet that Choi's wearing. He's like, huh, he's wearing a lefty helmet. Why is he, he doing didn't that realize when it, yeah. lefty? So, I mean, I, I, know, I, can't, I can't believe that he just got caught by surprise by Choi. And besides, he's the manager. He should probably know what's going on with his players. And two, if he did actually surprise Cash, which I don't believe so, then that's the, the then Choi needs to have better communication and the manager needs to provide that saying, hey, I'm going to go lefty up there. Or like Mark Topkin suggested, he has been struggling and the race have kind of said, hey, can you chill on the right handed uh, thing for a while? Get your left handed swing corrected and then you can keep going with the right handed swing. That's what Topkin apparently was uh, alluding to yesterday okay so maybe that's something uh but again you had options and in, 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 uh, on the bench and it might be time for Gmon to see some time on the bench uh okay i'll i'll give that it's to me it's ticky tacky it's ticky tacky because Choi is technically a switch hitter and he did have a home run previously off Anthony K, maybe getting Anthony K's nerves up a little bit, knowing this was the guy in his first at bat as a righty in a long time, really ever. I mean, it 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 went all over social media and went all over MLB.com that oh, I got to face this guy again, and he's batting right. This is uh, this is an issue. Okay, I'll Kevin Crash moment. I'll I'll accept it barely. What's your What's your next point here? My last point is that locked on listeners were watching and interacting with us during this weekend series it was awesome to see so thank you all uh we asked them kevin to give us their takeaways of this weekend and brett daniali at brett daniali one says we absolutely stole this second game today manny margot is making his case to be an everyday starter hey look at that the manny margot uh bandwagon train has begun Making um, uh, good catches in left field as well and stealing bases and doing all sorts of things. In fact, I think he's like fourth or fifth on the team in hits, believe it or not. He's, his batting average has shot up to like yeah. 280 or something like that. It's, it's been a, a good last uh, 10 games or so for, mm-hmm. for him. Uh, Chris Winston at TB Bucks for Life says, Much needed two wins today. Oh, and DFA Zunino, <laughs> which leads me. To a tweet by at C. Kurtzman who says, there is not a stat or analytics that says Zunino should be on the roster. Rays are about pitching and defense. He has more passed balls than hits. And guess what? He is actually right. Mike Zunino has four hits in all of 2020 and five passed balls in his stat line. How about them apples? Yeah, he's probably got more foul outs, too, than all those combined. Little foul, uh, you know, short little pop outs that just go behind home play. He's got a lot of those on on fastballs down the heart of the plate, I'll say that. Yeah, um, as we have noted earlier last week, um, let's see, at American Loco said, I like the early games. We agree, too, buddy. We mm-hmm. we, we do, too. Um and Angie Joy at Eve Landy said simply hashtag raise up, which is on point because the Rays, after starting the season at a mediocre four and six record, they've gone on to 10 and three. Amazing turnaround by the boys. Uh, you, you love to see it. Impressive stuff. They have an off day. Then tomorrow they have a series against the Yankees. The injury riddled 
Yankees team that has Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMahieu, and Aaron Judge on the IL. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Uh, I'll tell you what I learned, some of my observations from the weekend. But first, got to tell you about our sponsor, rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Ulysses, my observations or takeaways from the weekend. Um, my first one was this, and, and hear me out on this one. So okay. the Rays played... And, and the, the Blue Jays, of course, played three games at Salen Field, the, the AAA ballpark. That gave me a thought of during a normal 162-game season, I think this should be done more often. I think that maybe during the course of the year, MLB teams spend maybe a series or a week at their AAA affiliate or maybe AA affiliate and have kind of a special series and amp up that community, that particular city, and sort of endear yourself to that fan base. Let them know that Durham, the Rays are your hometown team. Indianapolis, the Pirates are your hometown team. Louisville, the Reds are your hometown team. Spend the week, parade them around the city, do autographs, take them to uh, little league events, showcases, things like that. Just make it an event. And you could do it I mean, first week of the year, almost treated as like a, an extended version of spring training. Okay, this is going to be our first series or first two series is our first couple of games are going to be in Durham. And then we'll go on. To, you probably got to go to an opposing team's AAA affiliate or AA affiliate or whatever it is. And then after that, the rest of the year, you're, you're back at your regular home ballparks. I 199% love this idea. This is perfect. This is this is great. An, a, a yet another Kevin Wise trademark pending hey. uh, marketing idea. This is perfect because that's teams like the the Rays. They need to be mm-hmm. marketed. They need to find other fans. They need to fuel that fire. What better way to showcase your talent? Uh, you know, in, in in the ballpark that they go to for ten bucks uh, a pop when when minor league baseball is actually happening, this is mm-hmm. fantastic. And then they're accustomed to those uh, ballparks, at least most of the players, yes. because being the Rays, and and this is strictly for the Rays, they're homegrown talent, right? They they were just there. Mike Brousseau knows the mm-hmm. <laughs> the dimensions of that field. Um, so I think that's fantastic. I really really like that. Um. You know, and it would just kind of 
bring a little bit more camaraderie, I feel, you know, yeah. and, 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 a hundred percent do the, the games, maybe a, a weekend series or something. As for, as far as the parading them around town, I feel like that would be a little bit more difficult, but you could still do that, um, through a fan fest thing yes. in the off season. I Make like fan that. fest instead of one day, just like a, a week long thing where you one day we're in Montgomery, another day you're in um, the triple in Durham, mm-hmm. and then you end with the fan fest at Tropic and Field on, on, on a weekend, something like that. Oh, that's a brilliant idea as well. That's a great addition too. I mean, guys have time, time on their hands in the off season for sure. If you can do one fan fest, you can do two or three or four and find a way to make it work. And I guarantee, I mean, you merchandise would shoot up. You're and, telling me somebody wouldn't buy a Brandon Lau or a Mike Brousseau jersey and, hey, here's a picture of him from his days as a Durham Bulls player or exactly. whatever. Exactly. And it's not only that, but you could also, you know, don't don't make it as a mandatory thing. But I think guys will, will like to do, oh, let's go to Montgomery or a Durham. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to have the whole team, okay? We're not going to have to have G-Man Choi fly all, uh, from right. Korea to go to Montgomery. But, you know, maybe Brousseau and all these guys that are on the team already can make that yeah. trip. It won't be the whole team. But if 10 guys make it, 12 guys make it, which is usually, what, a, a third of what's mm-hmm. in, in, in spring training by the end? Good. Do like an alumni event sort of thing. Yeah. I think that could work. I think that could work. Here we go, Rays. Here's my idea. Just just give me a nice uh, six-figure check for this one, and I'll, I'll be on my merry way here. Um, right. Okay, the other thing is, and we talked about this last week, if there was a year for the mercy rule, to have some kind of mercy rule in place, this is the year. Point, case in point, Friday night's game. The moment that Jose Alvarado gave up that three-run shot to Teoscar Hernandez in the bottom of the ninth that made the game 12-4, that is where you should allow your manager, okay, here we go, boys. We're done. See you guys tomorrow. That's it. You should never be in a situation where we're, we're the comeback kids, but we're not going to take the chance or the risk of trying to come but back injury. from a 12-4 game. Yeah. Like, I don't want, I don't want Mike Brousseau pitching on the mound, slipping or getting a, a line drive back to him or right. throwing out his arm. Like, right. injuries are already skyrocketing enough not just among pitchers but position players like everybody's going down how does baseball implement such a cursed ugly rule against traditionalists in putting in a man on second for extra innings and they, and they don't think to institute a mercy rule how yeah. how do those two not go in the same bucket I, i'm sorry and the mercy rule has been around Forever in little league and I think high school and right. even college, like so it's like, not like it's a totally foreign concept. And you and you can still say, you know what, um, eight runs, you can come back from that. Hey, as race fans, we've seen eight runs with those two teams being mm-hmm. a, a comeback victory for either team in the last two years. So I could make that argument, but there must be a line, like we said last year, uh, last yeah. week. There must be a line where, okay, 10 runs, 11 runs, 12 runs. Mm-hmm. They have the stats of all the comeback wins. They can put it into a machine, the shredder, and then come up with, uh, with what the, the run should be. But I, I agree with you. The mercy rule not being instituted in 2020 <laughs> is kind of dumbfounding because a lot of other 
stupid rules made it onto to the season. How about an actual good rule to prevent injuries and to get those guys out of the ballpark, out of contact with each other uh, during COVID than mercy rules? Yeah, I don't want to tax my bullpen anymore at that point. I don't want to force a position player to go up to the mound after not stepping up to a mound in forever. I mean, just like that, you could easily roll your ankle, pull a cap. million of things could happen it, to Mike Purcell in that situation. It happened to the Red Sox against the Rays. Their second baseman, Peraza, took a liner off the kneecap and had to be, you know, helped off the field. I don't want the Rays to yeah. do that. So for those that you I, – I know traditionalists, they hate new rules. But if we're living already mm-hmm. in a world with a, uh, a runner on second for extra innings, with seven-inning doubleheaders, with universal DH, with all of this – I don't understand why MLB didn't put the mercy rule. I, I think it's complete uh, an oversight. Yeah, if you're doing MLB. if you're doing seven inning doubleheaders, expanding rosters, starting a man at second in extra innings, like this is the thing to do. Go ahead. This and is the easy throw one. This one in there, and I think during even during the course of a 162 game season, like you said, there there's got to be some kind of formula. This is the number of blowouts per year. There's an average of eight blowouts per year. Okay, teams get that many opt-outs or options of, okay, we're going to use one of our eight. So that like exactly. a team, like if you're totally tanking this year, that you're not using it every game after the sixth inning or whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's got to, yeah. Like a challenge. You mm-hmm. have one per, one, one per whatever. Maybe like, you have two per month. Yeah. You play six months of baseball. Okay, well, there you That's go. That's good. You, Hey, you used it all. You used it already. Well, I guess you're pitching Mike Brousseau yeah. out there. But yeah. if not, you just say, "Hey, everybody, pack it up. We'll get him tomorrow." Mm-hmm. I guarantee, if if Kevin Cash had the option, or Kevin Crash had the option <laughs> to do that on Friday, he would have. He'd say, "Okay, there's one of my. Yep, there's yep. my opt out. That's that's the one I'm using. I'm down to seven or whatever. I'm de- that's mm-hmm. my one for the for the month or whatever it is." So I, I, I gl- I'm glad we we agree on that point. Um, the last thing, speaking of injuries, and I guess I might be a little bit hypocritical here, but uh, continuing the talk about injuries. Um, so Ulysses, I'm sure you heard that Aaron Judge hit the injured list a couple of days ago, right? Indeed. Indeed. Um, do you know what uh, Aaron Boone, the manager's explanation or reasoning or blame for that calf strain that Aaron Judge has was? What did he blame it on? I'm going to go with uh, Tropicana Fields turf. You would be correct. Wow. You know, the, the pounding, the <laughs> absolute pounding of playing four games in three days just was too much. Too oh much God. for Aaron Judge. His 6'7", 282-pound frame could not handle that pounding for what? four games in three days. He's made out of China. I mean, what this guy just hits the IL like it's a like it's a, a holiday destination. Every yeah. year he's taking two to three trips there. I mean, it's ridiculous. And that is my point. That is my point. Uh, I think he's missed a combined like 110 games the last two seasons, or from uh, 2017 and 2018. Like he missed. Or no, 2018, 2019. Like there's a basically he's been playing like 100, 112 games, something like that, uh, before this season. So you know, and, and this guy is getting injured all the time, seemingly. Um, okay, Aaron Boone, you can blame 
the artificial turf and how it's it's so hard on your players. I here's the thing: you didn't have to play Aaron Judge all four games. You didn't have to have him in the outfield all four games. There's something called a DH. There's something called sitting your butt on the bench. There's a right. lot of other options. Like blame, look, look at yourself first before blaming the artificial turf. And I don't have the the box course in front of me but if he played right field or left field in in that double header or that seven inning double header well how about don't because that's 14 innings of uh, uh of work right there for for a guy that's mm-hmm. always hurt i mean i don't i don't understand this 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 line of uh by, by boone because he's been a yankee he's actually played in tropicana field okay so he knows about it everybody yes. knows how turf can 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 be rough on on, on outfielders uh w- w- with it so if you know that your guys are usually breakable like Stanton and judge you probably shouldn't play them a lot while whilst in tropicana field i mean you mm-hmm. know this so it was on you to keep this from happening but first of all that's only if that's actually true because I'm sorry, yeah. I, I'm not going to put the turf as the number one uh, reason why he's hurt when he's always hurt. Yeah, put it, put the fact that his body is prone to injury. Let me get this straight. So 2019, he played 102 games. 2018, 112 games. So that's a lot of, ch- that, that's like Kevin Kiermaier-esque numbers there yeah. as far as, I mean, probably more so actually. But here's the thing, like you're complaining about four games at the TROP Right. In the artificial turf. Think about the Rays and the Blue Jays combined every year during the course of a 162 game season. They're playing 90 games on mm-hmm. artificial turf. Tell if you include Kevin where Pilar. they're going on the road. Yeah. Tell, uh, I mean, tell that to Austin Meadows. I mean, I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm set. Yeah. Done with this. Done with it. A good takeaway, but I'm done with it. Yeah. Just acknowledge, hey, our, he gets hurt a lot. He gets hurt a yeah. lot. I'm sorry. That's what you should have said in the, the press conference. He's not. He's 28 years old, and he's already missing <laughs> this much time. Let's remember that. All right. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday.